thanks for dropping by and listening to another Organic Matters. This part of the beginning of the show, I'm going to talk about, well, it's a subject that I've gotten a growing interest in. My interest actually began like a decade ago, but now it's almost becoming mainstream. Hybrid cars improve fuel economy by using batteries to assist gas-powered engines. And their sales are soaring. While the broader U.S. auto industry recorded a 29% growth in sales in the first half of this year, 2021, hybrid sales have grown 142%. That's according to data provided by uh, Ward's Intelligence. It was just a kind of a uh, thought tank for following the automobile business. Hybrid sales have been growing faster than those of electric vehicles right now for the past two years, and many experts say that consumers' apparent willingness to make the switch to hybrids, which has coincided with more popular models becoming available, could be a promising sign for an eventual shift toward total electric vehicles, which we're going to have to do at some point. The more that people are comfortable with the hybrid, the more I think they're going to feel to be more comfortable when we get to total electric vehicles. For instance, Hyundai's hybrid sales are even stronger than the national average. In the past year, the company began offering three of its most popular models, the Tucson, the Santa Fe, and the Elantra, with a hybrid option. Sales exploded. The company says that from January through July of 2021, It sold 32,983 hybrids in the United States. That's a more than a five-fold increase from the same period just last year. Research shows that there is growing consumer interest in eco-friendly vehicles. Hybrids are great transition models as we move to what we hope to be at sometime in the near future, zero emission Part of that is the fact that, thank goodness, we've kind of re-established what we call the stricter fuel efficiency standard that had been put in place, but then were canceled by the previous administration. Well, they're back online, and part of those standards call for half of new cars to be electric or plug-in hybrids, which have a gas engine but can run on electricity for a limited range. And they want that in place as soon as possible, but they've got to 2030, although most of the car companies have already committed to the year 2025. And this new efficiency rating should help the hybrid boom really, really uh, improve the environment, at least in the short term. When compared to the 2019 models, for instance, hybrid cars, excluding trucks right now, achieved 41.7 miles per gallon, while non-hybrids achieve about 29 miles per gallon. Put in terms to kind of make sense for all of us that, that think the way I'd think anyway. For every 100,000 miles driven, hybrids save over 1,000 gallons of gasoline. And the release of over almost 10 tons of greenhouse gas carbon dioxide is totally averted. Over the lifespans of these hundreds of thousands of hybrids sold that model year alone, emissions could be reduced by millions and millions of tons. There are some people in the industry that think the hybrids might actually slow down the sales of total electric cars. But when the research was final, it really indicated that there's sort of a two different appeals to the two different kind of car buyers who would be interested in either one of these cars. There is some overlap. 
but it's not the same. So it appears that the hybrid versus the all-electric both still have their own niche market, and both of them are increasing at a pretty good rate now. So it appears that both segments have a lot of room to go before they actually start sort of cannibalizing each other. And it appears a fair number of people are buying electric cars for reasons other than just gas mileage. They include quick acceleration, unbelievable, I've driven one, okay, concerns about climate, and the guy I actually got to drive one with was just the novelty of having a futuristic car technology that he can go everywhere in. Still, electric vehicles eh, face some hurdles yet, folks. Including cultural and financial, they are more expensive, with a limited number of models on the market right now. And pandemic-induced production delays, electric vehicles at this moment are really getting pretty hard to come by. Many U.S. dealers don't even have the electric options because they can't get a hold of them. People are not going to want something they can't find on the shelf, so to speak. Also, a lack of charging station has been a problem, but we're about to fix that. The bipartisan infrastructure plan calls for an investment that could boost that sector of the market tremendously by putting $7.5 billion grants out to expand the nation's network of charging stations. The federal government, along with many states, also right now offers subsidies for electric vehicles. And last fall, not here, but in California, Gavin Newsom, which is their governor, signed an executive order to phase out the sale of new all-gas-powered cars in that whole state by the year 2035. But for now, hybrids remain the most popular alternative to gas-only cars. Toyota has two models called the Venza and the Sienna that are now only available exclusively as hybrids. When hybrids first came out, folks, they were kind of a weird oddity. You know, when you saw one, it was kind of unusual. Toyota Prius, for instance. Now they're mainstream. And that really makes me feel good about the future of our upcoming all-electric vehicle. As we go into the future, and it'll be a few years down the road, folks, you're going to find out that you're going to be able to buy an all-electric or a hybrid, but even an all-electric, at the price or even less of the current cost of a conventional all-gas automobile. And I should mention here, you have to really uh, put the idea of all-electricity in the formula of the total cost. I have a brother with a hybrid. It's his third one. He has an all-solar home, so he's fortunate. Not all of us do that. But he actually gets money back each month from the electricity he produces from his all-solar roof. And they give him money back. In addition, he, in essence, is driving an automobile that's very, very inexpensive to power. Pennies on the dollar to what it would be if it was a gasoline car. And you're going to see more and more of that in the future. You're going to also have the advantage of the idea that there's some new batteries, new generation, but they're already around. They're not in the invention stage. They're here. That charge much faster and go much further on a single charge. There's already a number of these slightly more expensive cars out there that get over 300 miles to a battery charge. Well, that starts making it a vehicle that is useful for a good majority of us that drive anywhere at all. In an interesting sort of marriage, Google and the Walmart company have committed to 10,000, I think that's the number, 18-wheelers, commercial trucks, all guaranteed to go at least 500 miles on a charge. 
And the reason they connected together is that neither one could afford quite as many as it would take to build a factory, so they combined, and the factories being built specifically for making those vehicles for those two companies, and now there's a number of other companies adding smaller numbers, but a significant amount. So soon you're going to see in the next three to five years, all electric 18-wheelers, they've got about a 500-mile limit, but with people like Walmart and Google, that's going to be adequate mileage for them to do a day-to-day interrelationship with their stores and their warehouses. Then at night, or at least in the 20, they can run 24 hours, but you, you char- charge them. They, they actually are going to, it appears, back in and almost self-plug themselves, recharge while they're being loaded, and it's, it's going to save not hundreds, but millions of tons of CO2 over the next decade when they get those, those in order. And it's also going to stimulate and spur on more and more all-electric vehicles for all of them. And I should just sort of mention one more thing. I mentioned my brother has a solar home. In that home, he also has a thing called a Tesla Powerwall, and he's just purchasing a Tesla Powerwall too. In layman's terms, which is easier, they're just battery systems, but they're lithium-ion, they're very efficient, and in emergency situations, certainly help back up his solar unit. And the other good thing is, you know, you only have solar energy when the sun's shining. With these batteries, you have solar energy through the night. You may not be able to run an electric stove and uh, an air conditioner and the whole, well, you actually can if you put enough power on, but the point is that's not how it works. But it will run your system as far as your normal nightly needs and be back most days back on sunshine the next day. And if you have a dual system like he does, you've got another whole power backup system to just kind of keep you going till things get rolling again. And I might add, we're at, we're at, this is a we're very young in the life of battery-powered homes. Think of all the power lines and everything. If we could do it on, a, on an almost universal basis that no longer would need to be there, which incidentally aren't efficient. Most people don't realize it. You lose electricity as it goes down the line. It's not the most efficient system. Whereas if you have the electricity produced right where you are, you're getting, uh, let's say, a lot more bang for your electricity dollar. And I decided to look it up, at least where I live, I'm in Central Texas area. They have these units available from a number of different places with a zero down payment. And right now, there's a 26% tax credit for each one of these you get. That's a pretty good chunk of money because they're not inexpensive. But over the long term, they definitely will pay for themselves. But there's a number of companies, even some electric companies, actually willing to come in and finance these for you, and then you still get that 26% tax credit. And this is a little bit of an irony in this. Not a decade ago, the very electric company that I happened to use did everything they could to keep you from going on solar power. They they wanted to keep you as a customer, and they still have. Now they're actually supporting selling uh, these systems as an integrated part of their whole entire uh, electrical grid. As for instance, think about what flat screen televisions cost when they came out. I thought they'd never ever go to the point where they're actually less expensive for what you get, even in real dollars, today's dollars, than the old tube types were 12 years ago. You can now buy a flat screen, what we would call normal back then, up to 24 inches or so, for under 100 bucks. And I don't think we could ever, in real dollars, ever have bought a TV near that size for that kind of money 
a decade ago. So it kind of all ties together. Electricity, folks, is really very much our friend.